Hello and welcome to the Swiss Connection. I'm Susan Maseka. Switzerland has a new ambassador to the United States, Jacques Peterloo. Who is he? And what are his expectations as he prepares for this major diplomatic role? Swiss Info's Julia Crawford caught up with him just before he left for Washington. Jacques Peterloo has a reputation as something of a colorful character. He's a former head of the Swiss intelligence services, a former ambassador to Kenya, and once had an organization in Switzerland that tracked Rwandan genocide suspects. I asked him how he thinks he'll get on with the Trump administration in Washington. I think it's not the role of an ambassador to pass judgment on any government uh, of a country he is accredited to. And, and frankly, uh, uh, we deal with countries, not with governments. Uh, so, so far, the relationship uh, with the United States of America is as excellent as it has ever been. Uh, we have a long, long, long tradition of being excellent friends, and I'm not, I have not noticed any change uh, with the new administration. As I understand, uh, President Trump more or less forced the former UK ambassador to the United States to step down uh, because he said he couldn't work with him. Is that something that concerns you? I was concerned by the fact that one of the oldest foreign ministries and one of the most experienced foreign ministries in the world uh, was the source somehow of a leak that harmed uh, the work of, a, I am told, someone who was a brilliant uh, ambassador uh, to the US. From the moment uh, quite, let's say, harsh judgments passed on, 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 on the president are public, it makes it indeed very difficult to work together. I really do hope that this is not going to, 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 to turn into a tradition to have diplomatic cables leaked, because diplomatic cables are supposed to be for the government, to be informed for your government, and not to be made public for whatever uh, political reasons. And what about uh, President Trump's habit of tweeting um, that played a role in this, I think. Uh, um, more and more politicians worldwide are, are, are using the social media to convey their messages uh, and uh, the last two days we've seen quite a, a lot of it between Brazil and, Fran and France. It, it has led to a situation where the, 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 the tone... Uh, between between countries is getting rougher, and that's not necessarily conducive to to good diplomatic relationship. Um, uh, on the other hand, politicians are politicians first, and they are trying to reach their electorate. And nowadays, you don't reach your electorate uh, only through newspapers and television and radio. You reach them through the social media. So President, President Trump is one of many politicians using the social media to, 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 to convey his messages. I think... Um, I think that's the future. But do you think you'll have to keep checking your Twitter account to make sure that he's not saying things about you? I, I do not think, frankly, that a Swiss ambassador in the US is important enough for, uh, to, 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 to have the President of the United States tweeting about him. Uh, that would be really a little bit preposterous. Uh, on the other hand, I'm quite sure that all my colleagues in Washington and all ambassadors are checking uh, the Twitter line of President Trump all the time because it's a very direct way to understand what the President is thinking and, and, and saying. So I'll certainly be checking my Twitter account, but not for comments about myself. Thank you.
When he was a spy chief, a journalist once called Peter Lou the Swiss James Bond. The press have also called him a cowboy. I asked him if he thinks either of those images fit. I think that uh, the, the, all these things have to do with a quite a distant past of mine, uh, and, and and of course as uh, as a chief of mission in one, if not the most important partner and, and friendly country in the world, uh, one has to keep uh, another profile, which I, I certainly uh, will do. You've said, for example, that a good network is worth more than a hundred reports. Uh, is that something that comes from your time as head or coordinator of the Swiss security services? It certainly has to do with it. I think that, uh, and especially in the United States of America, uh, networking is of the utmost importance. And being able to activate the right contacts at the right moment is more important than to write uh, highly intellectual reports on what's happening uh, in, in country, which doesn't, of course, uh, mean that we don't have to write reports. Reports are very important, but the networking gets extremely important from the moment there is something happening, some, some sort of crisis. And then you need to have a what we used to call a Rolodex when, when, when I was younger. You have actually had some trouble with justice with these two Kenyan businessmen that went after you in the courts here in Switzerland. Was yep. that a painful time for you? How do you feel about that now? It was a, it was a very painful experience. Because uh, prior to that, being a kind of a public figure, I had been attacked on various occasions, uh, always on aspects of my character or whatever, which is which is okay. Uh, as soon as you you are a public uh, figure, you have to accept this. But it was the first time that my integrity was 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 put into question, and this is really painful. Now, uh, I was treated extremely well by my ministry because my ministry knew exactly what I had done and that I had done it on instruction. So they defended me from the first day. So this was really brilliant. Uh, but being dragged in the mud in, in the court of public opinion for three years until the highest court in Switzerland clears you of all charges is, to, to use an, an English understatement, an interesting experience. And as I understand it, it was to do with some SMS messages that you sent, putting pressure, according to them, mm -hmm. uh, in order to facilitate a return of assets mm -hmm. in a corruption case. Is that correct? This is correct. This is correct. And then, then uh, uh, some some of my of my messages were not exactly uh, according to the standards of diplomatic talk, which was which gave them the opportunity to falsely, as it turned out, accuse me of, of uh, illegally putting them under pressure. And, and so, so, but finally, the courts have decided and it was quite a relief to be out of it because for three years, you know, you, you, you suffer, you suffer. But it's also part of the fight. If, uh, if you're dealing with, um, let's say, dangerous, dangerous people, you have to take into account that you might get hit once or twice. It's part of the game. In the 1990s, Peter Lou set up an association to track Rwandan genocide suspects living in Switzerland. It helped bring to justice five of them, one in Switzerland and four at the UN's Tribunal for Rwanda in Arusha, Tanzania. It was because of this association that he met his Rwandan wife. 
She's a genocide survivor. Uh, we met in '98. Uh, I was uh, running an organization hunting uh, war criminals and delivering them to uh, the international court in Arusha, and she was a witness, and that's how we met. Uh, and she's she's very fond of the United States, and she's looking forward to be there. She 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 loves the U.S. Uh, so and 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 like every diaspora people, she has quite a big family also in the United States. So do I, by the way. Uh, so 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 it's also some sort of family reunion. And do you have children? We have a daughter. Uh, but she's being uh, schooled in a boarding school in, in the UK and she intends to stay there and to come for holidays to the US. There have been quite a lot of racial incidents and racial tension in the United States. I mean, do you think the fact of having a mixed family and a Rwandan wife, it's something that helps you to understand and to want to pacify living in a in a mixed marriage certainly gives one the opportunity to under to understand many of the challenges that uh, uh, non-white people are facing all over the world and that's not only in the united states it's certainly a, a very interesting opportunity being married to someone who at least uh, for the first few years had to go through the the uh, rigmarole of getting a visa to be able to move at all from uh, is also an interesting experience to have waited in front of uh, consulates and embassies for days and, and on end until until you finally get to see someone who will maybe or maybe not give you give you a visa that's a very interesting experience indeed and in terms of your personal interests i understand you also like bird watching and photography, <laughs> yes. is that correct? Yes, it's correct. I've, I've been a bird watcher for uh, the past, my God, 40 years uh, and a bird photographer for a long time. And, and the United States of America is, is a fascinating country in terms of uh, ornithology, bird watching. It's a, it's a continent. So, so, but, but, but that will be my uh, third or fourth priority because of, uh, first and foremost, there will be the job. That was Julia Crawford talking to Jacques Peteloo, Switzerland's new ambassador to the United States. Visit us at SwissInfo.ch for more news and background about Swiss-American relations, as well as other stories about Swiss diplomacy around the world. We produce the Swiss Connection every few weeks, so follow us on Twitter or Facebook for a heads up when our next podcast comes out. Better yet, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or another platform to ensure that you don't miss any episodes. Thanks for listening, and thank you to studio technician Donnie Vila. Signing off for all of us here, I'm Susan Masika. Imogen Folks from Swiss Info's Inside Geneva podcast. On February 24th, 2022, Russia attacked Ukraine. The invasion caused Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II. And during the year-long conflict, 
Tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people, soldiers and civilians, have been killed. Over the past year, a number of episodes of Inside Geneva have looked at the heavy humanitarian toll of the war and its wider implications for the world. We've been joined by historians and international human rights experts to ask about the background to the invasion. We've talked to major UN aid agencies about how the war in Ukraine is impacting other humanitarian crises. And we've asked if sanctions or war crimes investigations can stop or at least limit this conflict. If you're particularly concerned by the war in Ukraine, do listen to these episodes. You can find Inside Geneva, free to listen, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google and all your usual podcast apps.